0: Welcome to the Common Round: medical
1: education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid
0: and I'm Andy and joining us today is our executive producer Gautam. So the focus of the lecture Andy is to talk about the various components of the digestive tract uh, from the mouth towards the small intestine that are involved with digestion. So that includes the salivary glands, the stomach, the liver, duodenum. Mm -hmm. But we're going to focus specifically on the pancreas. How does that sound? Is that okay with you The pancreas, I think that's quite an important organ for for
1: digestion and definitely. Exactly. It should be something we should all explore into a little bit more.
0: Yeah, so... um, before we jump to the pancreas, let's work our way towards the, um, towards the pancreas. So let's start so with the mouth. From the very beginning. That's yeah. right, from the very beginning. So um, just this is a bit of a rehash from our last podcast, but just reminding me what the mouth and the what, what yep. their role is in digestion. Okay. Where we begin, what we're talking about digestion is actually the breaking down of foods into
1: their, uh, a more elemental component. And so when we think about the mouth, we're talking about the teeth and the saliva that we should be focusing on. The teeth themselves they are involved in a process called mastication which is actually just chewing and breaking up the foods from the large components into smaller things and then the saliva as we talked about last time have these digestive enzymes if you remember the lingual lipase and the salivary amylase that also break down starch as well as um fats so
0: what happens then so so the di- process of digestion starts in the in the mouth yes what happens once it works its way to, towards the stomach? So the stomach produces hydrochloric acid by yeah. the parietal cells, yeah, and it also produces pepsinogen by the chief cells. What is the primary role of hydrochloric acid in the context of digestion, and what, what, what's the role that pepsin plays? So from my knowledge is that the
1: pepsin breaks down the uh, proteins, which, uh, which then get broken down into smaller components, eventually down into amino acids. Whereas the hydrochloric acid, I think, acts as a way to activate the um, pepsin, which is starts from pepsinogen and gets activated by the hydrochloric acid. Is there anything else from the hydrochloric acid then?
0: Uh, no, I mean, aside from the fact that um, the fact that the process of digestion in itself mm-hmm. can cause G cells, which produce gastrin, so amino acids that are released mm-hmm. can trigger further gastrin release, which then positively feedbacks onto more hydrochloric acid secretion. There are inhibitory mechanisms in place as well, but you have to refer to the previous talk about those mechanisms. But that's pretty much it, that really sums it up, is that pepsinogen uh, is activated and pepsin digests the various complicated protein Mm -hmm. components. Hamid, before we go on. so. With the hydrochloric acid, does it actually have a role with
1: actually breaking down foods or is is it mainly just activating the pepsinogen?
0: That's a good point. Uh, my understanding is that I'm, I'm sure there might be a role, but its primary purpose is mm. to activate pepsinogen uh, yeah. into pepsin and pepsin then does the majority of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Are there any lipases in the, in the stomach or any other sort of digestive enzymes? Mm-hmm. Or any other forms of... Um, Aside from pepsin and pepsin, do you do you know of any other digestive enzymes in the stomach? Uh, not
1: that I know of. If we move further down from the stomach into the duodenum. Okay, so let's let's
0: talk about the duodenum then. If we're moving on with the duodenum. Yeah. So what are some of the I guess some of the enzymes that are present in the duodenum, and and where do they come from specifically? In the
1: duodenum, that's where. Um, so after the stomach, the food or the um, the chyme goes into the duodenum, and that's where lots of the other enzymes start coming into yeah. play, okay. so you've got uh, enzymes that come from the pancreas as well as you've got bile salts mm-hmm. that come from the gallbladder um, that all mix into the duodenum to help break down fats, carbohydrates, as well as um, proteins. Yes. Hamid, would you like to elaborate a bit more about yeah. the
0: specific yeah. names of some... Sure, no, um, That's yeah. that's an important point to remember. But I guess before we move on, it's also important to recognize that once Mm. there is a bit of activated pepsin that reaches the duodenum and uh, it doesn't go ahead and start digesting the various proteins, it's actually inactivated uh, by pH of uh, any pH above 5. So it essentially loses its function once it goes into the duodenum. Yes. Um, So in terms of the actual enzymes that are present, there are two organs that we need to discuss first. So the first is the liver. So the liver produces... Um, bile salts. The yep. Bile salts are these long uh, chain mo- molecules that have both a negative and a positive charge and they help solubilize the fat in order to prepare them for absorption and digestion. Mm-hmm. The pancreas is the m- more important organ to talk about in terms of digest- digestion because it releases both pancreatic proteases as well as lipases. And it also produces amylases as well because once the amylase from the saliva reaches the stomach it's actually deactivated and it's broken down by the pepsin in the stomach so mm. the digestion of carbohydrates then continues in the in the pancreas uh, by in the juice by pancreatic enzymes so should we then talk about i guess the pancreas then uh, before you
1: go to that you mentioned three key things you mentioned this thing called a protease, a lipase, as well as an amylase, and um, these all sound like quite fancy words, and if you don't mind explaining just what what each might do in just a single sentence, like protease, how can I remember what it does? Yeah,
0: so as the name suggests, protease, protein, so it digests protein into its smaller constituents, so dye which means two, uh, two amino acids, tri, which means three, mm-hmm. or single amino acids. Yeah. In terms of um, lipase, yeah. lipase, lipase is lipids, yeah. so, and lipids are fats. Yeah. Or in our case, majority are in triglyceride forms. Yeah. And uh, lipase are involved with digestion of fats. Yes. And um, Amylase. Yeah. Um, so amylase is it's a little bit more, but you know, we talked about protein. We talked about fat. So the one thing that's remaining is carbohydrates. So by um, default, yeah, you know, you can learn, you can memorize amylase as being uh, able to metabolize uh, carbohydrates. Yeah. Is, is there anything else that you want to no, add? No, that was no?
1: that was pretty much it. Yeah.
0: Cool. Awesome. Let's um move on to the pancreas because yes. that is really where you know the organ that is vital for for effective digestion of food before mm. we jump into the digestive mm. component let's let's talk about the, the the pancreas so is it true that the pancreas has an endocrine and an exocrine function yes and that's
1: what's something uh, that's something that we need to be acutely aware of because mostly when or previously when um, people talk about pancreases we're usually associated with diabetes and insulin however one of the interesting facts is that insulin that's more of an Endocrine That's right. function of it, yeah, and um, whereas an exocrine pancre- function of the pancreas has nothing to do with um, nothing to do with
0: the insulin part, but more of the digestion of actual food. Yes, exactly, mm. exactly, and I guess it's worth mentioning, just to put it into perspective, is that ninety percent of the pancreatic function is actually ninety percent of the tissue is uh, comprised of exocrine function, so digestive, those sort of enzymatic releasing functions, whereas only 10% is the endocrine function. Mm. Um, the pancreas also produces other things that we forgot to mention aside from digestive enzymes. These include some mucus, but also um, uh, bicarbonate, which helps neutralize uh, the acid yep. coming from the stomach to the yep. duodenum. Mm-hmm. So just like with everything else in the GIT tract, what is the key um, autonomic form of innovation? Just like the stomach, just like the duodenum, the vagus, the wandering nerve, is an important innovator of um, the uh, the, panc- uh, the pancreas. Okay, so are you talking about? So what what does the
1: vagus actually do to the pancreas? Does it increase its production or yes. decrease its production? Yeah. Talking
0: so, through it. Yeah, so so vagus being parasympathetic, parasympathetic being rest and digest, It's ah. predominantly involved in stimulation of the release of the various enzymes. Mm-hmm. But yep. vagus isn't the sole player here. There's also other gastric paracrine uh sorry endocrine hormones that are important as well mm-hmm. so we mentioned s cells before do you rem- remember what they produce and uh, in what i remember so this one s
1: cells produce secretin because yeah. i'm associating the two acids together that's right and um from memory secreting um, i remember so i think they are located in the duodenum and when acid comes in contact with the s cells they will secrete secretin. Which will stimulate the pancreas to produce bicarbonate. That's right. That's my understanding yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So there's also, um, kind of, uh I always struggle to pronounce this. CCK. CCK. We we'll just abbreviate to CCK. Yeah. Um, what does the CCK do in the context of pancreas, and what is it released in response to? Ooh. Um, CCK, it is in
1: response to the fat that when it gets into the, when, once the fat gets into the duodenum and what I'm associating it was with, it inhibits the stomach motility, but, now thinking about what the pancreas would do logically, if it responds to fat, then I'm thinking it would uh, it would allow the pancreas to
0: release lipase. Perfect. To break yeah. it down. Um, you yeah. know, just lipase, but I think it also release causes the release of um, proteases oh, as well. And I mean, It causes just um, yeah. broad release of various uh, digested enzymes from there. Yeah. And just to for for. A Bit of a fun fact. Yeah, it's produced by the I cells in, in the duodenum. They just just for fun, they couldn't make it C cells. Unfortunately, they? no. Just I to make our life hard. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've covered broadly the concepts, uh, yeah. the, the you know the, the role of the pancreas, and I actually talk about the process of digestion that occurs in the duodenum. Yeah. Let's start with carbohydrates because they're you know relatively straightforward. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned that carbohydrate digestion starts in the saliva due to salivary amylase, mm-hmm. and then it's. Uh, then resumes its uh, digestive processes in the duodenum. Okay, yeah. um, and we mentioned that amylase produced by the pancreas is involved in digestion. Mm-hmm. But there is a limitation in in terms of digestion. Do you know there's a particular type of carbohydrates that we get from plants mm-hmm. that we can't digest. Do you remember what that was? so it's the beta 1 to 4 carbohydrate link so example of that would be cellulose so that's the fiber that we consume in our diet Mm. and it's not commonly absorbed because we don't have the mechanism for digestion so those guys stay in the stomach Mm -hmm. and are eventually sometimes broken down by um, the normal flora in the gut yeah so that's one of the limitations of the digestive enzyme so what happens once uh, carbohydrates are broken into their smaller components can you just mention some of the ways they get into the into the cell and into the bloodstream. Yeah. So, there's a few
1: transporters, I think, that mm. are important. So, one of them that I remember is this thing called a sodium glucose transporter. Yes. So, yeah. it's called SGLT. And mm-hmm. one of the other places where we actually see it, interestingly, is in the kidneys. Um, so, with this SGLT, uh, what it does is that it takes... It uses the gradient of sodium going into the cell, and it allows the uh, the broken down monosaccharides to go along with it into the cell. Particularly, glucose and galactose are the two important ones that we need to be aware of. Ah, yes, yep, yep. And because your your point being was because fructose, on the other hand, has a completely different yeah, it does, so which it is uh, which
0: is a little bit unusual. It's brought in by. Um, Glut5. It's just a bit more detail for us to know, but yeah. it's important to recognize that sodium glucose transporter, SGLT1 is important for transport transporting predominantly glucose and galactose, glucose being accounting for the majority of the so carbohydrates in the body. And that was only I only described half of the story because so
1: once the glucose gets into the cell, it needs to be taken from the cell into the bloodstream but via this other transporter called GLUT2. Yep, so right. SGLT brings the glucose into the cell and then glute brings it out into the actual uh, bloodstream.
0: Perfect, yeah. Yep. So that's really basically describing it. Um, so you have, you know, two important transport mechanisms. Now, despite the fact that sodium and glu- glucose go in by this SGLT, despite the SIM transporting, mm-hmm. it is still energy dependent because the constant, the gradient that is produced to drive this mechanism is. Uh, Is driven by the sodium-potassium ATPase, which we've always come across, which is a very common transporter. So it is an energy-dependent pathway, um, Mm. so it's just good to be aware of that in case you are asked whether it's energy-dependent or not. I think that covers carbohydrates relatively well. The fact that amylase digest and there are various uh, transporters in place to enable absorption. Are you happy for us to start talking about lipids? Let's move on. Yeah. Um, All right, so lipids. Um, that's a little bit more complicated, I think, um, in terms of what happens because it requires the liver and the pancreas to work in tandem to bring about digestion. Okay. So let's talk about why we need bile from the liver. So we mentioned that it's a long chain molecule that is both has a liquid and also a fatty interface. Um, so why is that important to aid in digestion of
1: fat? Because mainly in the body, in order to digest something, it needs to be in a... Uh, from my understanding is it needs to be quite water-soluble and unfortunately yep. as you would all know is that oil and water don't quite mix together so we need some sort of mechanism to actually help break down these fats into a more
0: absorbable form kind of um, like a detergent isn't it where it just makes lifts things that lifts the fat up and makes it mix well with the water and so I think that uh, I think a technical
1: term of it is just for the bile salt helps break down the um uh, break down the the fat and makes forms these things called micelles, that makes it easier for um for the body to absorb them in smaller smaller
0: packages of fat. I believe. Just for our audiences, well, can you describe maybe the shape of a micelle? So I, yeah. I know it's got an interesting shape, doesn't yeah. it? So it's I'm picturing it as
1: a circular ball. So on the inside, very core of it, you've got these fat um the fat in the middle, and then on the outside you've got this hydrophilic component on
0: um, formed by the bile salts yeah is that is that, that's, that yeah that's of? my understanding as well yeah mm. so majority of fat is inside this ball yep. and the water soluble component of the structure of bowl mm. surrounds is, is the water fat interface yeah so what is one of the key stimulants for the release of bile from the liver
1: once again i think we go back to cck yeah. from the duodenum yeah
0: that's right cck is pretty important because it affects both uh, the pancreas as well as the liver and it triggers bile release because you want to have that simultaneous you want to have bile present and you want to have your lipase present in mm. order for digestion to occur mm. so there's a particular enzyme Mm-hmm. That needs to be present with your lipases for um, for it to work, and I think the reason for that for that presence of that other component is to prevent bile cells from denaturing the proteases that are pre- uh, the lipases that are produced by um, by the pancreas. Do you know what that na- the name of that enzyme is? Again, it's a little bit more detailed, but you know, if you guys want to know it really well, I mean, it's, it doesn't help, it doesn't hurt to know this enzyme. so. It's got colipase, and colipase assists supports lipase in minimizing the potential or the capacity for bile salts to den- denature lipase and it ensures that it's functioning effecti- uh, effectively there are a couple of important lipases that are produced by the pancreas uh, one is a uh, just your cholesterol ester hydrolase okay yeah. and these guys are important for digestion or breaking down cholesterol into cholesterol esters into smaller units of cholesterol and fatty acids yep there's also your generic lipases which break down triglycerides into so triglycerides are glycerol component with three fatty acids. Yeah, these lipases break it down into two free two fatty acids and leave one monoglyceride. So a glycerol attached to a fatty acid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's breaking it down into smaller components in preparation for uh, dig- absorption into the stomach. Mm. There's one more enzyme that's important, and that's phospholipase A2. Okay. And uh, that breaks down membranes uh, or phospholipids, which form membranes of the various food we eat into um, lysolethicin, which is um, uh, one of the bu- uh, products that uh, that need to be absorbed, as yeah. well as fatty acids. Yeah. And interestingly, this is a proenzyme. And the reason I guess it's a proenzyme is because you don't want this enzyme to suddenly digest all your cell membranes in the gut lumen. Oh. Um, so there are three key enzymes, cholesterol hydrolase, phospholipase A2, and just your lipases to aid in uh, triglyceride breakdown yeah is one, there anything else that you want to add one thing I just wanted to um, clarify with you
1: was that does this all happen before the bile salts package them into smaller packages or is this happening do these processes happen to the fat and breaks them down into these smaller packages and then the bile salts come and package them into
0: micelles? so I think what happens first is that obviously you know it's it's being nature it means that it could there's lots of variation but what happens is that is a micelle formation first mm-hmm Followed by this digestion that occurs mm-hmm. uh, by these enzymes across the, um, uh, across the micelles. If, if this isn't true, please let us know because it's important for us to um, be able to understand this properly. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what happens. So the lipase just goes along the surface of these micelles and starts breaking fat into the smaller components. Yep. And as the, these micelles... Travel along the brush border, so along the villi or the microvilli of the um, small intestine, mm-hmm. a lot of the absorption takes place. Yep. Now, there's something important that happens following this absorption. Some people might mm-hmm. think that it's quite redundant, but it actually makes quite a lot of sense. The broken down components are repackaged into the original molecular. So, if you had a triglyceride, you broke it down into the smaller components, it's yeah. then reformed into a triglyceride again, or if you had
1: What's the purpose of that?
0: The reason for that is, that I, I, my understanding is that it just makes absorption easier if you have smaller components, but then the body needs the complete package yes. for it to, let's say, utilize it in the liver for um, oxidation or for other, uh, other causes. So, it's the key point is that it's used for, it's repackaged into its original form. So, it's kind of like, so I'm picturing something like, um, so let's say I've got this huge Lego
1: structure that yeah. I want to give to you, but I've only got these... Like a like a one centimeter hole to give you. Yeah, so exactly. I have to break, take apart the entire structure. Yep. Feed them through to you, and you have to reassemble them together.
0: That's pretty much it. Or another example analogy would be if you're moving, if you've got IKEA furniture and you're moving <laughs> houses. Uh, by the way, we're not paid by IKEA. We're just uh, using IKEA as a generic Lego's example. not a sponsor, right? That's right. You use that as a um, you you. Break it into its components, yes. into it so it's easier to to move uh, when you move houses. That's another example of yeah, uh, yeah. Of, a, of a way to understand. Mm. But I think um, the final point about these lipids is the fact that once these are absorbed, they package into chylomicrons, which are then released into the lymphatic circulation and not systemic or blood circulation. Yeah, could um, you
1: elaborate a bit more about that because that's quite confusing for me. Like, let's say if it it comes like we we're we're talking about the gut right and we all yeah. know that once you get absorbed it goes into the renal hepatic portal veins and goes through the liver so yes. where, where does it where does the lymphatics come into this whole thing
0: so the lymphatics are and i don't know the, don't fully understand the reason why this yes. happens but um the the lymphatics are commonly associated with transport of fat following absorption from the gut oh. Okay. The um, the lymphatic outlet that opens into the systemic circulation is by the thoracic duct. And once they enter the systemic circulation, these colon microns travel around the blood and can be broken down into smaller transporters. Yep and then eventually find their way into the liver, and then the liver then processes it accordingly. Okay. Um, but that's more biochemistry, and I think it might be slightly outside of the scope of this lecture. Yeah. Um, but the main point is that these microns go through the lymphatic circulation yeah. and are released by the thoracic duct into the blood circulation. Oh, okay. So that's that's important to know. So that's, they, don't, yeah.
1: they don't get absorbed into the blood and into the liver. They go through... Through the lymphatics and exactly. Then into the Exactly. So it's
0: an indirect pathway. But I'm not exactly sure why, you know, why the body has this sort of mechanism in place. It's a if anyone does, please let us know. Yeah. Um, so let's quickly move on to proteins. Um, and, and we're pretty much almost done with this um, uh, with yeah. this discussion. Yeah. So with the proteins, proteins are quite important, obviously. They are f- you know fundamental for many functions in the body mm-hmm. but how does the digestion okay so we mentioned the role of pepsin yeah but what are some of the important proteins produced by the pancreas that aid in the digestive process so in addition so pepsin comes from the stomach but
1: further on you've got these digestive proteins such as trypsin chymotrypsin and this thing called elastase i believe yeah,
0: that's right
1: yeah and so they are all involved in breaking down these Peptides into, wait, just let me clarify, was it to break it down from peptides into amino acids or from larger proteins into peptides?
0: Both, so from larger proteins into peptides and eventually the brush border enzymes then yeah. break it down further into um, just amino acids. Okay, yeah. so
1: there are a few. Yeah. To clarify the structure is why it's like, so amino acids are the very fundamental building blocks of proteins, right? And then some a few amino acids make these peptides and then a lot of peptides make large proteins yes so yeah yeah exactly
0: Mm. Um, so yeah exactly so what happens is that the first thing that needs to happen is the you know the pancreas needs to produce or release these enzymes now these enzymes are all produced as uh, inactive forms so zymogens is a term uh, denoted to inactive enzymes an inactive enzyme is called a zymogen Yep. yep Yep. So that's anything that ends with, let's say, peps, uh, inogen or has the, um, uh, inogen oh ending. Right. Pepsinogen. That's so right. That's a zymogen. Yeah. So the key enzymes that we need to be aware of, as you mentioned, was, um, trypsin. Yep. So its zymogen form is trypsinogen. Okay. Um, chemotrypsin well, or Let So try that. So at the last taste, would that be a last
1: taser actually uh, that doesn't flow
0: does no it? no no it's something else um Dying. so it would be uh let me just have a quick look so for example it may be pro, uh, proteases or proelastase would be an example of. so there um. are exceptions to the rule but it'll be proelastase as, as an example yeah um and so what happens is, so these are all produced as inactive forms and there are these enzymes in the brush borders of of the intestine called enterokinase which activate Particularly trypsin from uh, trypsinogen. Yep. And then trypsin goes ahead and activates all the other enzymes to oh. commence the process of digestion. Okay. Um, and yeah, like you said, these guys break it down into smaller constituents. Yep. And then um, the brush borders can also break them down into their single amino acids. And absorption happens via um, either sodium-assisted transport, like what we saw with the carbohydrates, or via proton pumps. The proton pumps are involved with the transport of dye or tripeptides, though. So that's the distinguishing uh, factor to keep in mind. Is
1: that pretty clear? So amino acids, the very fundamental building blocks, are absorbed the sodium gradient. Yes. But if they come in two to three of them together in a bundle they use proton pump gradients that's right exactly
0: that's perfect okay so just to summarize we're almost finished um so we talked about the process of digestion we talked about the role of the mouth what happens in the stomach the role of the liver in terms of bile production and why duodenum is so fundamental in terms of Regulating pancreatic secretion. Essentially, that's where everything was broken down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then we talked about the role of the pancreas uh, and it's um, briefly on its structure and its regulation, both hormonal as well as um, uh, the nervous stimulation. Yeah. We talked about how carbohydrates are digested. We talked about lipids and micelle formation as well as lipase digestion. Mm -hmm. We talked about proteins and how they're released as an inactive form and they have to be reactivated and then... That brings about the process of digestion. All right, so that's it for, the, for, the, for today. Thank you for your time, and we'll um, hope to see you guys next time. Tune in next week.